right, guys. Man, for the lack of coffee, you guys have a lot of energy. You, uh, I, this morning we're going to look at a you know kryptonite, an honest assessment of our our weak points, and I would say, uh, as a body, our, our kryptonite is coffee. So. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it, it's sinking us right now. <laughs> All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. Uh, let's try to uh, engage the Lord here and get focused. Lord, it's just it's awesome, Lord, to be, have some carved out time to really focus on you, to hear from you, to hear what it is you want to say to us about our lives and the directions of our lives and uh, what you want to accomplish in the next season that we have with you, Lord God. So I pray, Lord, not only that the words out of my mouth would have the Spirit on them so that they mean something, Lord, but that we would have, we would have ears to hear so that they would mean something to all of us. So Lord, speak, give us ears to hear, help us to focus in on what you're really asking of us at this point in our lives. Lord, we don't want to go through the motions and just uh, at the end of our day have a, just nothing to show for it in you, Lord God. And if there's nothing else that I got from the movie last night, it is the brevity of life and how short it is and how soon we say goodbye. Some of us maybe sooner than we even think. So Lord, help us to really concentrate and to live well for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So, uh, as you know, we're going to talk about kryptonite. Um, how many of you guys saw the new Superman, the one that, that came out? Wow, not that many. There's a, there's a scene in that one um, where Superman is, uh, he, he gets a piece of kryptonite stuck in him, and he's uh, sinking, and he's, he's going down. And uh, without some sort of outside help or intervention, it's over. And um, that scene kind of stuck out to me. I, I, if you don't know me, I have, I have like 27 years of, of maritime experience in my background. So uh, a lot of what I filter through my mind goes through sort of this, this maritime understanding and filtering. And I, that sinking feeling, I could feel it. I could, I could, um, I, I had the knot in my stomach. The only thing I can really compare it to is when you really let the Lord down, big time. And I've been there. And you have that sinking feeling, it, this feeling of, you know, I blew it, I'm powerless, I'm going down, it'll never be the same, this is it, this is it. I'm, it's over. And maybe some of you guys have been there. But God, so I was processing this in my devotions one morning, and, and I, I kind of felt like um, I needed to sort of remind myself of, of what our kryptonite or what our weak areas or what, what they can do to us. And I processed it through this, this maritime understanding of piloting a boat for 27 years. I actually, there was a couple of times in those 27 years where I once I ran up onto a dock and once I ran up onto rocks and both those times it was a mechanical failure it wasn't my fault but it doesn't it doesn't change how you feel I mean when people get hurt people have broken bones and you were at the helm 
It's a sinking feeling. So, there's all this is wrapped up in this, okay? This, this understanding of how kryptonite can take us down and sink us. Um, the, it's funny because, you know, usually when you, like, if you have an accident on a boat, you get a nickname. Unless, like mine. <laughs> like, like mine, it was mechanical failure, you, you're safe, right? I never, got the, I never got called Rex or anything. So, but I have, <laughs> I got a bunch of friends, uh, uh, Sam Barr Orr, um, Rocky Harris, Ronway McElroy. I mean, I, I got a lot of friends. <laughs> these, are, these are not, yeah. <laughs> I, was, uh, <laughs> I was with McElroy coming down the coast one day when he, <laughs> in the middle of the night, somehow made this wide sweeping turn. And <laughs> we woke up. Why is the coast on the starboard side? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you don't want those nicknames. You know what? <laughs> you don't want to be defined by an accident or or, or sinking. So, um, sandbar or that's the one I really don't want. You don't want to run up on something. So. Um, but for us, it's the same thing. We don't want to be defined by our mistakes, right? We don't want to be labeled uh, as our contribution to what we have in life as by what we did wrong. I mean, nobody wants to go, go through, through life, especially as a Christian, with this wearing this sort of scarlet letter that instead of super, the S stands for sinner. Okay, so... Um, I thought about some of the things we do to, to take preventions on a boat. And I think they apply to how we can pre take preventions in our own life. And that's not to say we're going to be sin-free. Because you'll never outgrow your need for a Savior. But we got to take all the precaution we can so that we don't wear that label. All right. So number one, reflections on avoiding shipwrecks is to batten down the hatches. Um, the first thing you do before you go out is sort of check the seaworthy of, seaworthiness of your vessel. And listen, you've got to understand this. There are parts of the vessel that will sink you, and there are other parts that won't. Okay, do you hear what I'm saying? We batten down the hatches on a boat because if you take water in the void it's gonna, in, in, in rough weather, it's going to sink you. You're going down. That's the most important area to keep protected, to keep water free, keep locked up, and make sure there's no problems there, because that's the one that's going to take you down. You can take all kinds of water on deck, all kinds of water. You can be in the roughest storm ever. As long as you don't get it into the hold, you're probably not going down. Okay? So you need to take an honest assessment of what areas in your own vessel need protection. What are the areas that you cannot afford to take a hit from? What storm can you not weather in certain areas? Where are you weak? You know, it leads, leads right into my, my second point, which is safe speed. The, the Coast Guard, Jerry, Jerry's well, anyone else in the Coast Guard? I'm going to make fun of the Coast Guard here. So. <laughs> <laughs> <The to> <laughs> 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 I 
Uh, if, if it's only you, I'm good. <laughs> um, <laughs> they have this rule. It's rule six. It's called safe speed. And um, in this rule, basically, they go, it, it's this, it's, it must have been written by a lawyer. Because they just, they go, whatever, you have to travel a safe speed, right? Here's the deal. If you ever have an incident or accident, it wasn't a safe speed, right? Because <laughs> they don't tell you what it is. <laughs> they don't tell you. And you know what? For, <laughs> for us, the Lord doesn't tell us what's a safe speed. I mean, we, this is part of the, that honest assessment in the batten down the hatches. We have to determine for ourselves what is a safe speed. All right, I have 17 years of, of uh, bondage to alcohol in my past. Alcohol is completely off limits for me. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean it's off limits for all of you. I mean, obviously, the Bible's clear about when, you know, when it becomes revelry and or drunkenness, but what's, what's safe for me may not be safe for you. And what's safe for you may not be safe for me. And you need to understand, see, the rule says you've got to t take into account the maneuverability of the vessel, the weather at the time, how well your radar works, do you have blind spots on your boat, what is, you know, the seaworthiness of the vessel. I mean, every, all these things go into play. And there are times when you can run full bore. You know, we have a high-speed ferry to Vallejo. I used to run all the time. Used to run it in the fog, right? I used to run 30 knots in zero visibility up in the San Pablo Channel because there's no boats up there. I'm looking at the radar screen. There's not a blip on there for seven miles. And I got a schedule to keep. And if it takes three hours to get down there, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. So I'm flying with no visibility. I get down towards the bay where there's boats everywhere, there's hazards, there's rocks, there's crossing lanes. It's like five miles an hour. Same weather, same conditions. But you have to adjust. You have to adjust sometimes. I thought it was interesting in the movie, it was kind of a throwaway line, but he says, you know, a good driver uh, knows when he's not a good driver anymore. So... Um, that meant something to me. <laughs> John Maxwell has a, he has a principle called the mirror principle. And the Bible is pretty, pretty clear on it too. Can you soberly assess and honestly anal analyze your weak areas? If we don't understand what's going to sink us, if we don't understand what the hazard is, we're going to run. On, we're going to run aground. I mean, we have to. Uh, we have to be honest about it. You know. I mean, for some of us, it means you know what? I got to do something about the TV, or I got to do something about the computer, or maybe I shouldn't drink, or maybe I shouldn't do this. I'm just throwing things out there. Where do you fit in? Where are you going to have to draw? you know, lines in the sand that other people may not have to draw because it's not a safe speed for you. The third one is to drop anchor or, or change coat, of course. The, uh, there are times when you're, you're piloting a boat and there are times in life when um, you'll actually almost have to sail away from your target 
to get the victory. I've been, I've been there. And there's no place to drop anchor. There's no safe cove. You've got to turn and run with the weather because it's going to take you down. And it looks like you're going backwards, but you're actually having a victory. And if you find a cove, pitch that anchor, hold fast, be steadfast, be firm, hold on, the storm will pass. Okay? They all do. Maybe another one on the horizon, but the storms pass. And sometimes we just need to be patient and just say, okay, things aren't looking great right now, but I'm going to hold my ground best I can, even if it looks like I'm going backwards. I'm going to hold my ground. When the storm passes, I can turn. I can start making some progress again. I thought about Joseph in, in Genesis 39, right? I mean, he had, he had this victory. He was given this authority. Uh, you can run my whole house, Potiphar's house, run my whole house, which is interesting, right? I mean, once you're given authority, first thing the enemy wants to do is try to us usurp it. And even with Jesus, you know, the temptation. Trying to take authority when the timing wasn't right. And here, Potiphar had given Joseph everything except for his wife. So where did the enemy try to pick on him? The wife says, come on, nobody home, sleep with me. Pulls his clothes off. And he runs. And he goes to jail for it. And it looks like he's going backwards. It does not look like a victory. But it is. It's a victory. And if he hadn't made that course change and sailed away, he would have sunk, for sure. Okay, number four. Fog signals. I had an interesting discussion with somebody a while back about accountability and the understanding of accountability and um, hopefully all of us have men that we can talk to if you don't my prayer is that you'll get some maybe you'll even make some connections this weekend that will help you but there's a difference between a fog signal and a mayday and uh, the fog signal says you know what there's, there's problems out here I just want to let you know, I'm sounding my horn, that I'm here, and I'm a little scared, and I don't know what's going on, but I want to make sure I don't get in a collision. The mayday is after the wreck. And so, to me, accountability or, or this fog signal principle is, I'm letting people know that I'm in danger before I sink, before I hit the rock. See, it's... it's now, don't get me wrong. It's good to come and tell people and confess afterwards. That's, that's honesty. But that's not accountability. Accountability is, I let you know before it happens that it's about to happen. Can you help me? That's a fog signal. you got to sound the warning before the wreck. Okay? And so you need somebody that you can make that phone call to. Number five, extra watches. Um, this to me can bring life, breathe life back into things. And so that, I mean, the beauty in the Lord, you can sink and still God can use you. 
I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's amazing. But there are things I've lost. There are things I lost for my 17 years. I don't know what they are. I don't, I don't worry about it too much. I don't say, you know, what could have been. Um, I only just press forward. But there are things I lost in those 17 years. I look at that film last night, and I'm going, you know, you can't look at that film and not see, you know, think about your own dad. And, and my dad died a, a few years ago, too. And as far as I know, he didn't even know the Lord. So I have to grapple with that. You know, he died unexpectedly. I didn't get to say goodbye. And, and you, you think about, you know, okay, maybe I lost some things, but I also have a wonderful opportunity to set a generational course that's different than the one I had when I grew up. And, you know, it made me feel sorry for my dad. It really did. And I, I wept last night. I was like, I was like Keung Jeremiah, the, the weeping. <laughs> but I, I was, I mean, I was, I was sad. You know, I don't know where my dad is. He's in the hands of a merciful God. But I thought, and I talked to some people, I thought, you know what, I, I am going to make sure that I can say I love you to my kids. Because he could never say that. And he, he had code. You know, did you see the game last night? Um, you know, hey, I want to find a point of connection, something we can talk about that I'm comfortable with, but I can still relate to you. And so it's this secret language, sort of like the secret life. And I don't want to have to, I don't want to have that with my, my children. You know, I, I want to be open. I want to be honest. I want to, you know, God redeemed me. He raised me from the bottom of the ocean. I may have a lot of rust and mud and decay, but by God, I'm going to sail hard as I can. I'm going to carry as many passengers as I can. But you got it, you know, this, there, there's two things that need to happen. We need to, you've got to figure out what your kryptonite is, a ruthless, honest assessment of what you can take and can't take. And believe me, it starts at the, you know, wherever you could draw the line, draw it higher. Second Corinthians 10, 6, you know, I bring every thought captive into the obedience of Jesus Christ. That first dabbling glance that says, take another look. Stop it there. Because once it gets momentum... Man, you're taking water in the hole. Okay? So a ruthless, honest assessment of what I can take. Okay? I mean, there are certain things that I, I will not watch. There are certain things, there are certain music I will not listen to. It disturbs my soul. There are certain things I, will, I cannot drink. I draw lines that I know I, I, those are kryptonite for me. They're dangerous. I draw those lines. And that's not to say I don't fail. I'm like the rest of you. Sinners saved by grace. But we need that ruthless, honest assessment of what our kryptonite is. And then we need a healthy sense of the fear of the Lord. Because it's in, it's in seeing God, the majesty and the glory of the creator of the universe, that in light of that, in light of that, all these other things, are, they're just a waste of time. That's part of, I think, what, you know, this, that film, why that film is so strong in the brevity of life is because you realize, wow, you know what? It ends. 
And it's going to be sooner than later. You know, and so in light of that, everything else that we do outside of the Lord is really, it's meaningless. Okay, uh, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Terry in a, in a, here in a second. I do want to pray, and um, I want to make sure that nobody, nobody here feels like a Captain Hazelwood. Um, you guys... The Exxon Valdez, the oil spill. Uh, the guy who was drunk when they ran aground. Um, Lord, I, th- I thank you that you are the God of resurrection. That no matter what we've done, how bad we have damaged things and sunk things, no matter, no matter the depth of destruction and decay we've been through, Lord, you can resurrect that and breathe life into it. You are the God of second chances. It's wonderful, Lord. I thank you for it. Help us to make the most of that, Lord. We do not want to be beaten down or broken by guilt and shame. No matter what we've done, we have not been crippled. We are not disqualified. The Lord, your God, has called you here today because he has plans and purposes for for our lives. And so... Lord, we receive that. We pray into it. I pray, Lord, that you would give us a freedom to move a past, our, our past, to get over that stuff and to be free to move forward. And then help us, Lord, to ruthlessly and honestly just batten down the hatches and to protect the things that will sink us again, Lord God. Help us to move forward in your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.